Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. A pleasure to be joined by Simon Dahl. We've rung, rung him twice in the last uh, couple of, or last five or six days because this test match has become quite intriguing. I'm not quite sure actually how much of it you've watched. Only 73 at Hamilton and then a 75 at Tiaki, so I'm not sure how much cricket have you been watching. <laughs> Morning, Smithy. Happy birthday to you, mate. Um, Thank I've you. watched a little bit. <laughs> I've watched a little bit, I could say, but uh, <laughs> the golf has taken over. <laughs> great. Absolute great. Deserves to as well. Hey, right right now, as it sits, 211 lead, five wickets in hand. Who do you think are the favourites, right as we speak? I'd say South Africa are the favourites. Uh, I just heard your, your chat there, you know, runs on the board, um, New Zealand will need, I think, those five wickets for about 45, 50 runs. If they can do that, mm. then it probably goes back to even Stevens. Um, you know, a chase of around 250, 260. The surface is still pretty good, but I think Maharaj comes into play a little bit more, doesn't he, on that last day. So, um, yeah, I think South Africa just got their noses in front in, uh, in that test match at the minute. Just say Maharaj did spin them to victory. Is that red face material for our selection panel? Not having a spinner in the um, whole yep. group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, uh, you just, again, we go back to, I know Daryl Mitchell hasn't bowled a lot, but um, you, you've got Mitchell, you've got the Grandom, and then you've got four other seamers. It just doesn't make any sense for, for mine not to have uh, a spin bowling option in there, and even if that option is um, Rachin Ravindra. So uh, it, it, it is, so I think it would be red face stuff if, if he does. He did it in Wellington, didn't he? I think at the Basin Reserve going back to their last tour. So, you know, he's a chance again. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, Dolly, is we, uh, I mean, I feel sure had we won the toss, we would have bowled anyway. So there you go. So South Africa were always going to bat. In their mind, they were going to bat, and they also, uh, right from the outset, picked Maharaj. Uh, we never, ever considered that option leading into this test match, days out from that option. Uh, so uh, I, I just can't quite get my head around uh, the, the thinking between the two camps. Yeah, I'm with you as well. And having said that, I also talked to uh, talked to Stephen Fleming prior to the Test series and oh, prior to the Test match actually. And he said this one will be nothing like the one in the first Test. He said we've just had the driest, you know, windiest sort of weather down here. He said they can't they can't produce another one like uh, like the first Test. And leading up to that first Test, they had quite a bit of rain. So it was always going to be that way leading into the Test match. And the other thing is that they had. What an extra three, an extra two days, two and a half days to mm. to fly someone in, to get someone into the squad, and to get that um, you know to get that situation rectified, and and still didn't do it. The other question I've got to ask you, and you only have to look at the bowling figures. You don't have to look at a lot of cricket. You might have noticed a, a subtle change in what's happened to him. But what has happened to Kyle Jamison? He gets uh, number 10, 11 in the first innings. <clears throat> Hasn't looked like getting a wicket really in the second innings. Had a, an average return in the first test. What about this guy who this time last year was the hottest thing since the proverbial slice spread? Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Second year blues, second season blues. Um, we, we all know about them. We know that people have seen a lot more of him now. Um, they know what he's trying to do. They know what he tries to do. And you know, I always said that that money that he got at the IPL auction was, was going to be you know, life-changing in one respect from a money, monetary point of view. But also it puts an enormous amount of pressure on any person, it doesn't matter who you are or what stage of your career you're at, it's an enormous amount of pressure and I'm not sure how well he's coped with it. He, he certainly didn't cope with it at the time. Um, he's still clearly got incredible ability, 
but there is something going on there that um, you know you'd like to think that he or the bowling coach are doing something to rectify what uh, what he's missing at the moment. But it's just it's not there. He's not bowling consistently well enough. He's not hitting that line that length that we saw him do you know, in those first sort of seven or eight test matches. And he's not really getting any of that swing that we saw him get either. So there's something that's slightly different, maybe in the action. Um, I haven't seen enough of it, but uh, there's obviously something that's not quite right there. Right, so Daryl Mitchell uh, was the the backbone, I think, uh, fair to say, of that that recovery with the bat. But Colin DeGronholm, of course, 129 out. out, Not out, simply uh, amazing. Booked his ticket for England, of course. Um, And... uh, this is a, this is quite a cool story for me, really, because I think we'd written him off almost in in red ball cricket. Under pressure, wasn't he? Under enormous amount of pressure. Yeah. I, I was with um, you know I was with you and with a lot of others. I, I didn't think his time in the in the red ball game um, you know had much longer to go at all. So yeah, look, it's uh, he, he's that type of player though. He can turn a game around quite quickly because of the way he plays. And he's still obviously got enough to offer with the ball. And that's just, you know, another one of those reasons that with Mitchell and de Grandon, you have to be able to play a spinner. And you know, if he's coming back into some form with the bat, which he's showing now, if he can offer you that 10 to 15 overs a day with the ball, then he, he is a very, very valuable um, component of that side. So please for him. Um, you know, we both know he doesn't say a lot, uh, Colin. He's... <laughs> He's a very quiet chap, but he's a he's a really well liked guy in the dressing room, and um, and he's a you know he's a super bloke uh, away from the game as well. So uh, I'm pleased for him because um, you know when you get written off, it's not easy, and um, he certainly proved his worth when when New Zealand were in trouble. So Mitchell sixty, uh, that's the kind of innings I think we we want him to play if he's going to be a regular Test player. It uh, goes a long way for me. We, even with Williamson coming back in, to, to him slotting in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And again, uh, I mean, if, if you throw Williamson back in there and drop everyone down one and then bring Rutch and Ravindra in as well and just play two two seamers, you know, even if it's Bolt and uh, Southie or Southie and um, Wagner or Wagner and Bolt or, or anything along those lines, if DeGrondon becomes your third seamer and Mitchell's your fourth and then you've got a spin bowling option as well. I mean, th- those sort of things sort of really come into play and it means New Zealand can bat very, very deep and also have five you know, five genuine bowling options. So uh, those, that's something that New Zealand might look to do a little bit more um, going through to that, that England series. Mm, OK, let's uh, just change tack a wee bit. Uh, some interesting results uh, in the, the uh, women's cricket at the weekend. New Zealand losing to Pakistan, which I, I found quite an, amazing. Uh, now, they've lost to India the last game, lost to Pakistan. They do not want this trend to continue. No, not at all. It's um, you know, there's been so much talk about this World Cup and, and New Zealand's chance on home soil and and these sort of things. I mean, I I don't buy into it. I, New Zealand are by no means favourites. I, I think they would be, if I was running a book, Smithy, they'd be about fourth, fourth, maybe even fifth favourites to win this tournament. Mm. Um, just with their record in big tournaments and the record of key players in big tournaments is, is pretty ordinary. When you look at the World Cup performances against top-tier nations of Sophie Devine and Susie Bates in particular with the bat, that, that, their numbers are awful. Um, and so, you know, those are the two key players for mine that really have to step up to the plate in big games. And when I'm talking big games, I'm talking games against India, Australia and England, um, and their records in World Cups are, are, are atrocious. To, to you know, to say the least. So they're the ones that need to be stepping up and leading this team. Um, they need to bounce back from these losses. It's it's not going to be easy. And as you say, that trend needs to go in the other direction. Um, and because the pressure is going to be on them, 
uh, at home from a lot of people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never easy when you're, when you're under that sort of pressure and you're expected to win certain games. And, you know, it just shows you as well. I think South Africa have come a long way in women's cricket. Uh, Pakistan have certainly come a long way. Uh, India, England, Australia are always going to be very good. So the, the competition is out there and it's a lot better than, um, you know, that certainly was even four years ago. Yeah, I had not realised that South Africa, uh, apart from Australia, has the best uh, record in women's cricket since the last World Cup. No other team has yep. a better record apart from Australia. Mm. Yeah, they, they're a good side. Um, they've got some very, very talented players. Um, you know, at the, the top of the order, um, you, you're the likes of Laura Volvart. Um, you just wait till you see her cover drives and, and then the way she plays. I think she's a seriously good player. Um, whether you go with Marizan Cap and, and Sune Luce and, um, you know, Dane Fenechek, the, the skipper, they, they've just got a, a real raft of talent. And the good thing about South Africa, because they haven't had an enormous amount of cricket at home. They ply their trade around the world in these leagues. A lot of these girls have played Big Bash. They played the 100 last year. And uh, they, they're very good at adapting to overseas conditions. So that's one of the real uh, bonuses from, from a South African point of view. Dolly, on the, the domestic front, uh, it was the last of the white ball finals at the weekend. Um, and, and our great mate uh, Sid coming here. This side, this Otago Spark side, had lost 23 games on the trot going into the season. And now they are the Halliburton Jamison, or Halliburton Johnston Shield winners. One of the great stories. It, it is one of the great stories. And it's fantastic. And, you know, we know how passionate Craig is uh, about his coaching and about, um, about cricket in general. Um, he's had some nervous times in the last week or so as well, isn't he, watching his young fella make his debut. So, um, look, he's done a great job with him. And it, it's a terrific story. I, I don't want to sort of indulge too much in, in my own stuff, Smithy, but I remember a, a season and a half with Northern Districts that we lost every game. We, we lost every game in the 50-over in comp, and we lost the first three games of, of the next year, I think. So we went 13 in a row, and that felt pretty awful. I'd hate to think what 22 first lost. And, uh, yeah, so they've bounced back beautifully. They've obviously got a good setup down there and, and um, you know, a really good structure for the, for the women to come through. And um, I'm really, really pleased for them. Yeah, so am I. Absolutely. I think it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. But uh, it won't get the, uh, the press it deserves. But, however, uh, Auckland uh, get a bit of press because absolutely, the Aces absolutely dominated the Stags. Very one-sided. Yeah, disappointing, wasn't it, I think, to, uh, you know, to post such a small score and get bowled out inside of 50 overs, I think um, you know, that'll be really disappointing from a, from a Stags point of view. Auckland are a good side, aren't they? And uh, they, they, they proved that. And when you can boast those uh, international players, the likes of Chapman and Phillips, um, with the bat in particular, um, they, they, just, uh, they are a good side. But I think um, CD will be very, very disappointed with that performance. Yeah, I think you're right, Dolly. So uh, as we said, uh, as I said in the old sermon earlier, the first hour this morning, the most crucial of the test match? <laughs> they, they all are, aren't they? <laughs> they all are, yeah. and we say it so often. Um, at, yeah, look, it is. It, South Africa can get through that first half hour, 40 minutes without losing a wicket, put a few runs on the board. New Zealand will start to feel under pressure. Anything above 250, I think New Zealand will just start to feel that, you know, that the game is probably slipping towards South Africa's favour. Um, so New Zealand need two, probably two wickets inside that first half hour, 40 minutes, and, and then try and roll South Africa over for another 45, 50 runs maximum if, if, if they get through that first half hour, 40 minutes and start to put a few runs on the board. Then New Zealand also have to get a little bit defensive with their fields and so the single options and things start to open up a bit more as well. So, yeah, it's going to be intriguing watching. I might, uh, I might have to watch this morning instead of going to golf. 
Uh, I, I hold, hold the phone here. Don't you do anything too drastic. Um, I, I'm just going to say $2.11. A lazy 10? A lazy 10 on the Kiwis at two eleven. Yeah, I'd, I'd get a lazy 10 on now, and if, uh, if they don't pick up a wicket in the first half hour, 40 minutes, then um, get on South Africa. You might, get, might, might be able to double yeah. it up. Okay, so and the other question, of course, is what time does the helicopter arrive to pick you up to take you to <laughs> Tara, Tara I guess it is today, is it? <laughs> uh, this week it will be, but uh, not, not, not today, Smithy, not today. Hey, and just a, a quick word, okay. I mean, a couple of folks you and I know very well as well, Smithy, we lost a couple of bloody, couple of great men over uh, the last few yeah. days, and so out to those who know uh, uh, Inga and, and Joe Levendiri, who I had a lot to do with at, at counties, and you would have uh, had a bit to do with in the early days as well. So uh, thoughts go out to those who uh, who are mourning the losses of those two uh, two wonderful men. Absolutely, Dooley. Uh, the reflections continue for those uh, particular guys, and uh, so will uh, the sadness um, at, at such tender ages. Uh, what 40, uh, 48 and fifty-eight, or so, fifty-two, or so, just ridiculous, yeah. ridiculously young. Yeah. So, um, we, we, as you say, uh, we both have had uh, rugby dealings with both of them, and are fantastic men. So, very, very sad. Thanks for your reflections this morning, Dooley. Uh, we'll catch you uh, later in the week in person, and I am so looking forward to that, brother. Absolutely, Smithy. Thank you very much. Have a great birthday.